0: Phil, do you remember at the end of Revenge of the Nerds? Have you seen that movie? I've seen that movie, but it's been a long time. And where the nerds rally against the fraternity jocks to claim their place among the students as equals. Well, Gilbert, the main nerd, gives a big speech at the end. I just wanted to say that, that I'm a nerd. And I'm here tonight
1: to stand up for the rights of other nerds. I mean, uh, all our lives, we've been laughed at and made to feel inferior. And, and tonight, those bastards, they trashed our house. Why? Because we're smart? Because we look different? Well, we're not. I'm a nerd, and uh I'm pretty proud of it.
0: Okay, that reminds me a bit of Governor Evers' speech at the Democratic State Convention last week. And I'm not saying Governor Tony Evers is a nerd. But he is. Although I'm not sure he's a jack either. (laughs) But I feel like Tony Evers at this speech, he stood up. For all of the discounted, boring candidates for office who've run and never got respect and were always counted out, and gosh darn it, the boring guy won. Hooray for boring. Yeah. (laughs) Do you see the connection? I see the connection, yes. Today on Center Stage, let's talk about the governor's speech and how he owns being boring. Yeah. He's owning it. And he's going to win with boredom for the Democrats. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor
1: for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hans. I'm the political cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal.
0: And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better looking half.
1: Now just because he's got thick glasses and kind of stringy hair... Doesn't necessarily
0: mean that Tony Evers is a nerd. We should maybe go look at his high school yearbook and see, you know, did he play violin or did he play for the football team? Were you a nerd, Scott? Um, no. Okay. Were you? Uh, nerd-ish. There were
1: certain things that make me nerdy. Maybe more geekish. I don't know. But I've never been a hardcore geek either. I definitely wasn't one of the cool kids.
0: Our most cartoonist <laughs>
1: nerds? I think there are quite a few nerdy cartoonists <laughs> out there you gotta, you got to have something a little bit messed up with you to decide you want to be a political cartoonist for the rest of your life.
0: I feel like that was the crux of his speech, yep. was where he said, you know what, I am boring. I'm proud of being boring. And you know what? I beat half the people in this crowd who ran against me, who were Democrats, who weren't boring. And now we're going to win being boring. That's right. Not just in 2018, but in 2022 and beyond.
2: But a lot of people said during the campaign that we were too Wisconsin nice. A lot of us, a lot of you, but a lot of us have said that about me. We're boring. And you know what we said to that? The hell with it. There is nothing boring about protecting the Affordable Care Act and the 2.4 Million Wisconsinites who have pre-existing conditions. There is nothing boring about filling those Scott holes and fixing the damn roads. There's nothing boring about paying people a living wage and building the economy that works for all of us, not just for a handful. There's nothing boring about fighting for our kids so that every kid, no matter what ZIP code they come from, have a quality public education (laughs) K through 20. And there's nothing boring about making sure that women in Wisconsin get to make their own health care decisions. And there's nothing boring about believing that science exists and telling everybody that climate change is real. So I'm standing here tonight before you as the governor of the great state of Wisconsin with one of the most important things. I have the most powerful veto pen in the nation. And so, them, I say, Who is boring now? Yes, who is boring now? (laughs) Thank you. Not boring. Thank you. Thank
1: you. To answer the governor's question, I would say that he is boring now. He can make anything ca-
0: sound kind of boring. He's basically saying, oh, I'm too nice. I'm too boring for you people. You know what? I'm governor. He's kind of putting it right back in their face. It's kind of like in Revenge of the Nerds when the nerds win at the end. Yeah. You There's know? nothing
1: boring about discussing infrastructure funding. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing boring about discussing K-12 through education policy and the funding formula.
0: He's somewhat boring. He certainly is nice. He's, he's very big folksy. big-time folksy. Yep. And folksy won this election. I mean, Walker has a little aw shucks about him. But he's smooth. Yeah, very smooth. Tony Evers is not smooth. Evers is sort of the opposite of Trump, where he's this mild-mannered, respectful person. Wisconsin nice. Maybe he's a little boring. Trump's all about the ratings. Yeah. Evers is not about the ratings. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think this part right here was the heart of the speech. Oh, yeah. And Evers, not just pointing back at all of his critics, especially uh, the hardcore progressives who used to roll their eyes at Evers. Or the cartoonists who draw him as a, as a boring school <laughs> yeah, teacher. Yeah, those goofballs. Or who was the his opponent who basically said that Walker was going to eat his lunch? Oh, Matt Flynn. Yeah, Evers here is saying to the Democratic faithful, hey, a lot of people including in this room, yeah, said, I didn't have a chance. And you know what? I won. Here I am. It's not boring to be governor and to have a powerful veto pen and to finally have a Democratic governor who can stop the legislature. So I just think this was the speech. This was the moment. Yeah. And I think
1: part of the reason he won, he beat Scott Walker, is because he was so, he is so inoffensive and kind of boring. I mean, he he wasn't. He's not a radical, you know. There's probably a lot of people in the state yeah. of Wisconsin who voted for Tony Evers who would not have voted for Paul Soglin or or who's another radical that ran against him in the race. Uh,
0: maybe maybe Malam maybe Mitchell. I don't know. Yeah. On Meet the Press with Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd has floated a theory at least once on Meet the Press that I've heard, where maybe the Democratic candidate for president who emerges, or maybe the Democratic candidate for president who would be best suited to go against Trump, is the opposite of Trump, that you don't need this loudmouth, aggressive fighter. Maybe you need the to go back to the classic boring politician.
1: Yeah. And, and and or ordinary person. Just to nationalize this a little bit, I guess. Is yeah. is Joe Biden that guy? I mean I think I think we're sort of Maybe. getting to the point where people are thinking like Joe Biden is his folksy you know like 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 Tony yeah. Evers he's folksy he's old he's <laughs> <laughs> like Tony Evers and but there's sort of this idea of we're going to do things the professional right way about it, about yeah. this you know it's a res- restoration of of values and i think part of Tony Evers
0: was a little bit of we're going back to Wisconsin nice in Wisconsin the last time we podcasted about a democratic state convention we DJed the convention.
1: Oh that's right. Remember we, did. we
0: played clips of music from the ten Democrats running for governor at the time, and we tried to figure out what did their selection of the song they played when they walked out onto the stage, what did that mean about them or their campaign? Well, last week at the state Democratic Convention, Tony Evers cranked Ario Speedwagon when he came out. My good friend, to your feet, everybody, Tony Evers.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: That yeah. song is "Roll with the Changes." He's rolling
0: with the changes.
1: I get the, I get what he's talking about. Then he's gonna he's gonna there's gonna be change in government because we like hope and change, and he's gonna roll with them.
0: And maybe he's just kind of rolling with whatever the legislature throws at him. I guess so. Yeah, the just Republican-run legislature.
2: Good evening, Democrats. Holy mackerel! Well, who would have thought? a teacher would be governor of the state of Wisconsin. Before I get started tonight, I want to recognize and extend a few thank yous, of course, to the Pottawatomie Tribal Nation and the staff here at the hotel and casino for hosting us this weekend. Great job. Holy mackerel, Scott.
0: What a way to start a speech, huh? For uh, viewers of Phil Hand's cartoons in the Wisconsin State Journal, and on Madison.com. Often when you draw Tony Evers in a cartoon, he now has a holy mackerel coffee cup, right? Yes, yeah, holy mackerel coffee cup. We should maybe uh, TM that and start selling those. That's not a bad idea. It's just a mackerel, a fish, with a... Halo on it. Yeah, above its head. A holy mackerel. (laughs) (laughs) So if you haven't seen that yet, check it out. It's not surprising... To me, that a governor would be a teacher because the teachers' union in this state used to be one of the biggest special interests and reliable backers of democratic of the Democratic Party and their candidates. Just as the Wisconsin manufacturers are still a giant special interest for Republicans. Yeah, and uh, I'm not. I'm also not surprised that the convention is at the Pottawatomie Casino and that they're praising the Potawatomi because the, the tribes, usually they are backing the Democrats. Former Democratic Governor Jim Doyle had tried to write the contracts to keep the casinos going for the tribes into perpetuity. Yeah. That was the big word, and the Republicans were aghast by that. And the tribes wound up spending something like a half a million dollars on behalf of former Governor Doyle. So anyway, that's not too surprising. Those are two of the big, uh, big dogs for Democrats. I was surprised when I moved to Wisconsin in 2005 during the Doyle
1: administration that I was, I looked up at one time, and maybe this was just a a fleeting moment, but the two biggest lobbying groups in the state were teachers and, and the tribes. And people don't often think, I mean, think about bad, evil lobbyists. You should think about big business people. But in, this, in Wisconsin at the time, the teachers and the tribes were the biggest lobbying groups, spending the most money on politics.
0: Yeah, until Act 10 came along, the anti-union legislation that former Governor Walker and the Republicans pushed through. Now they're really not lobbying much And spending a lot on that because they don't have the money. I volunteer at a neighborhood center. We're looking for a fundraiser,
1: and we wanted to do a casino night. Apparently, it is illegal to do casino nights for for charity fundraisers in the state of Wisconsin, (laughs) which I'm sure has something to do with the influence of of tribes and their and their and their casinos that they have.
2: Yeah, let's go back to the speech. And finally, everybody, give another round of applause for my pal, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. Mandela and I are coming up here on our first anniversary. We went on uh, our first blind date August 15th. And we've been inseparable. We are a dynamic duo. It's like we all have our own sitcom. He's got an Instagram story of himself eating pizza. And I'm just trying to figure out how a person can sell a car while they're still living at the executive residence and governor of the state. You can't put it on Craigslist. You can't put it out in front of the car, or in front of the house with a for sale sign. Well, I don't know which is worse. Anyway, so I guess the longest short of this story, is if you know anybody that's looking for a really good car. I'm your guy. Is that a sort of
1: ethics violation to use your office to try and sell an automobile?
0: I think he's saying that's why he can't do it (laughs) while he's doing it there. But uh, this is funny, of course, but at the same time, in a way, the governor is now a used car salesman. He is a used car salesman. (laughs) Which are not the most trustworthy of people. Um, I think
1: that'd be awesome to have like an old jalopy in front of the governor's mansion with a for sale sign on it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, I... Put a call into the governor's office yesterday, and I also sent an email inquiring what kind of car it is. Uh, how much does he want for? it. Maybe we can help him out on the podcast here, Phil. And then I left a message. Does that to his... make us use car salesman too? Then Scott, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I uh, maybe we'll buy it. Maybe we'll podcast in the car. Oh yeah, That's that'd be a, a great idea. We could write
1: it off as a business expense. Of course, yeah. Oh, it's got to be some sort of grandpa car, right? Like a like a, It's probably
0: a very practical. Like a town
1: car, like a like um, probably one of those cars that's like a police vehicle, but it's not a police vehicle. Like a big old big Crown old, Vic. Crown Vic, yeah.
0: What about uh,
2: Prius? He's
0: ah, been in Madison
1: he's a while been, now. Yeah. Maybe an Oldsmobile.
2: No, so occasionally pe- people ask us how we how how come we were successful this last November. The first thing is we had a robust and spirited primary. Some of you may recall that. <laughs> Seems like most of you were running. <laughs> but you might recall a guy who asked for your vote in a very tough primary with, I'd say, not all of you, but about 20 of you. And that guy looked just like me, white hair, skinny, except I didn't have the blue glasses, and not my hair didn't look anything like this. <laughs> But we had a spirited debate and dialogue, and sometimes we even disagreed, those 20 of us. And maybe you voted for me in this primary, or maybe you didn't. But at the end of the day, I was a better candidate because we had a field of great Democrats running for the nomination. Think about that. I was more thoughtful, better prepared, and Democrats all across our state was more en- were, were energized because there were so many of us in the primary. Oh, yeah. I
1: like, I like his little dig on the rest of the, the uh, Democratic Party that ran against him. Because it was like everybody in the, it was
0: everybody in the room, felt, felt like. <laughs> and he's obviously comparing the crowded primary field there to the crowded presidential primary. And trying to say this is a good thing. For the Democrats going into 2020 that there's a million Democrats running for president as opposed to just the crowd clearing and Biden being anointed. Yeah. Which might be happening. We're, we'll see.
2: And this, this is important. That means that even when the Republicans want to get in the, bu- in the mud and when they disparage people who they believe are different, when they want to wage a war of ideology, we can't let them bait us. Folks, Republicans, their, their words and actions speak for themselves. So quite frankly, they don't need any help from us on that issue.
0: That was the part that the media, the reporters seemed to pick up on, was him saying we can't be baited by Republicans. Mm. I think he's referring more than anything to Trump there, but to some degree maybe Robin Voss, Yeah. where obviously in the presidential race... Trump is daring them to impeach him, constantly calling names and attacking people. And I think to a much lesser degree, and I wouldn't compare Robin Voss to Donald Trump, but I think Robin Voss has become more the foil to Tony Evers than anyone else. Yeah. Down, downtown at the Capitol. Voss is taking some shots, and Evers is kind of, I guess, not taking the bait. He seems to just kind of roll with it, well, like not, uh, REO. I don't know if he's not taking the bait or not. I mean, yeah. you know, there was kind of a
1: snafu about Evers' office calling the Republican legislature sexist for not talking with his staff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that I think that was sort of a, a, a moment where they, they, the, 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 the Evers administration let the emotions get the better of them.
0: Yeah, I didn't think—I thought that came across as— a stretch.
1: Republicans are going to bait Democrats when it comes to identity politics and and some of the more radical leftist ideas that the that the social democrats or the democratic socialists have been have been espousing, like the Green New Deal. And I think you know, I think uh, Evers is right. that Democrats shouldn't be taking the bait. You know, don't don't look like radical lefties out there.
2: So I hear rumors all the time about Scott Walker running again or what office Ron Johnson is running for. And I'll tell you something, if we can do these things we just talked about, I don't care what office they're running for, we're gonna work hard and we're gonna send them packing once and for all. So enjoy this weekend, Democrats, and we'll get out the votes. Let's make it happen. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Overall, I'd say an effective speech for a v- very bland, but you were gonna say boring, Governor? Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of boring, but in in not a bad way. In a but, in but, a but he's competent. Or, but he's way. Wisconsin's boring. What really comes out is his authenticity. He's not trying to be somebody he's not. No. And the classic politician is always on. And Tony Evers is never on. No, he's, he's not. Not that on. he's off. Uh, he's just himself. And I think that's kind of the amazing and reassuring thing about his election is that just uh, serious somewhat serious but folksy guy can win yeah
1: he's really talking about 2020 a lot and like this i think a national strategy i think he sort of sees himself as a model for what the democrats should be looking for let's all have a nice robust debate yeah then pick the safe white guy to be at the top (laughs) of the ticket yeah and that's how you win
0: All of the music on our podcast is by Tube Tester. Find and follow Center Stage with Milford and Hands on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And check out past episodes at go.madison.com slash Stage.